You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. team on Blogging the Boys Network in partnership with SB Nation. I am Meg Murray and I am joined as always by Paul Stewart. Hey Paul, how's it going? Pretty good. I am absolutely freezing my butt right now here in Scotland, <laughs> but everything's all good. Uh, but just to kind of add the fun to the, the show today, we've got my fellow UK Cowboys, uh, Mike. Mike Poland. How we doing, man? We're, yes, good to be back. As I always say, when I see your guys' show coming out. I would say, here it is. It's dropped again with my two favourite people. So how can I decline to come and talk to my two favourite people? We appreciate that so much. <laughs> so, so, like For me, I always talk, talk to me pretty much nearly on a regular basis now. So to me, it's just like, oh, hey, how you doing, man? Nice seeing you again. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's only like about a couple of hours ago we were talking. So, yeah. <laughs> it was funny is I probably talk to you more than I do my wife. That's a good sound. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Do we need to be worried about that? or? <laughs> yeah, well, they, she does say my other wife. Which usually oh. means either Jamie or Paul. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I would say it's more Jamie then, if that's the case of his wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Y'all are wild. Um, but you do a show called UK Cowboys that everyone can catch on YouTube, correct? Mm. Yes. And what did y'all talk about this week? There was uh, some really fun things that happened on Monday night. Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we did you, you, you did the post game show, didn't you? Uh, on Tuesday, yeah. I was up to my eyeballs in it because it's a short week. But yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, so, yeah. So I was on the the pre game, so the post game show with Brian and Graham and Lauren, and also joined yourself on Thursday for uh, the pre game show for this game mm-hmm. against San Francisco. So it's been quite a busy week. But, yeah, uh, it always is when it's short. Yeah, tell me about it, did tell me about yeah. it. How do you makes... about Monday night playoff games? I hate it. I literally yeah. hate it. Like, it's stupid. It was kind of nice to, you know, have that time to recover, but then the fact that you have to turn around on a short week in the playoffs is really um, detrimental, I think. See, that's one reason I don't like it. Right? The other reason is if you're outside of the States, it's absolute nightmare logistically to try and watch the game. Like, <laughs> Like some me and Mike and everybody guys and the guys and there's guys from Italy like tuning in and stuff Germany. like that. Germany. Germany, like they're more far hours ahead. So they were watching the game up till six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so the sleep deprival is real, Cowboys Nation. Yeah. I'm always impressed with how y'all do that. Right. Well, well it, this, is okay. why, this is this is why we look like a thousand years old right now. <laughs> We, we, I always say when we, we speak to all the guys, you know, from over in blogging the boys, RJ and all that, 
the, the trouble we got over here is we got to work off two time zones, the UK and Central Time. And one of two things will happen. You either get used to it or have a mental breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we're both bald, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It means everything. Honestly, the Cowboys try to bald me every year too, so I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> this week, so you're getting only a slight reprieve from that late night because it is a 5.30 uh, Central mm. Time game here in Texas. So uh, how's that going to start for you guys? <laughs> it's a lot better yeah. than it was at 1 o'clock in the morning, I can assure Ooh, yes. you that. But uh, yeah. at least at least uh, I can try and get to our bed at a more reasonable hour in the morning. Yeah, you're um, looking at about half past two, isn't you, roughly? Max, yeah, half two maximum, I would say. Yeah. Uh, that's doable. That's yeah. usually what time I'm up to doing stuff anyway. Look at you, burning the midnight oil over there. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> All right, well, I want to get you guys' thoughts really quick before we move on to San Francisco um, about what happened in Tampa Bay. So... The, uh, Dak Prescott played the game of his life. Uh, the defense really stepped up Micah Parsons. Dan Quinn made a lot of adjustments that um, fared really well against the matchup. And what do you guys think about that? And do you think we'll, you know, see it this week? I thought uh, you just kind of mentioned in regards to the defense. I think with the important pieces coming up with Jonathan Hankins and LVE in particular was an actual fundamental part of our success in that game defensively. Offensively, like you mentioned, that Prescott was probably without that one of his best games in the Cowboys jersey. Like, and me and Mike were talking about this on um during the week about the two minute offense in the second quarter. It was just like I've never seen that be, become so like commanding of that offense in that two minute drive, just pushing the ball forward right to the end zone. And but yeah, it's I'm just absolutely uh, I just hope. We can keep, and this is the word we've been saying all season, is like if we can be consistent from that game onwards and putting out performances like that, I don't see any reason why not we cannot reach to the Super Bowl, if that's the case. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like like you were saying, Meg, like the things that Dan Quinn did in that game was, was you know, it, it it's borderline genius. Um, Like, I, I one of the things I was saying, and I don't know what you think, right, Meg, I think he knew all along that the whole thing with the regular season towards the end, you know, the last quarter of the season where Andy Brown's out and we're seeing Nation Wright, we're seeing Bossman Fat out there, you know, we, they're bringing in Xavier Rhodes and yeah. But I think all along he knew he was going to play Deron Bland outside and McQuamu from the slot and hid that away. He, he didn't want to show his hand. And you've seen the effects of that in that game where, all right, Trayvon Diggs, but look, he's against Mike Evans. That is a tough, that's already a tough gig. But the rest of the, the what the rest was going on there was absolute genius. And you've got the likes of unsung heroes put in there, like Chauncey Goldston, who had yeah. an absolute stormer, and Oso Digizua. The, just the way that they were being used and manipulated around the field was just, it, that, that was genius play, what he did. Yeah, I mean, given the fact that he knows Kyle Shanahan pretty well, yeah. um, I'm really interested. To, I think I'm going to be like on pins and needles until that inactives list comes out to see like if he does something 
even more different. I mean, John Mishota was talking to Dak Prescott, I believe yesterday, and um, Dak had, they'd asked him like, do you like have all this crazy stuff up your sleeve and do you have more? And he was like, there's like three or four plays that we have not implemented yet that I look forward mm. to using. And I was like, that's <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, like, because look, you're saying about how Dan Quinn manipulated the defense to do what he did. I mean, you got to look at the other side. Callum Moore called a perfect game too. The play calling was outstanding. Yeah, we do uh, have a hard time giving Kellen Moore his flowers these days. So uh, <laughs> did, this time we will do that, and I hope that he carries that over. I think he he was pretty masterful in that play calling. Didn't do anything cute. Didn't do anything crazy. Just a good, solid offensive plan. So, mm-hmm. agreed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I think after the season, that's just one of those things where you hope for the best with him, and he's proven that he's capable of greatness. So, let's just hope he keeps it up. But this week, we do see the San Francisco 49ers. How do you guys feel about that matchup? I'm actually feeling a lot more confident than I should be, to be honest. Like, this need kind of like don't get, don't get me wrong. Nick Bosa and stuff like that, they're still fantastic players. I'm not particularly sold on the whole Brock Purdy. Like, he's not really played a defense like Dallas yet. Truth. Like, and and all the teams he's beat. Like, some of the games have been very closely tied. Like, closely tied with Seattle during the regular season. Almost got beat by the Raiders. Stuff like that. So. There's a lot of factors behind that as well. And I think also it's like the way if we, like I kind of mentioned before, when it comes to Dallas, like if we can actually, I'm more worried about ourselves rather than San Francisco. Like we are our worst own enemy. Like if we don't show up, then obviously we're going, not going to lose. But if we're showing up and our, uh, our best guys are, are performing, I think we can beat anybody right now. How are you feeling mm. about it? Yeah, I... <laughs> Here's the simple bit I put, and, I, and I, I'll answer your question with a question, mate. Were you more afraid of Tom Brady in the playoffs than you were of Brock Purdy in the playoffs? I won't sit here and lie to you and tell you, like, the thought of these didn't make me nervous. But yeah. at this point, it's, like, a little bit out of your control. And if you're going to be the team that makes it to the Super Bowl, then you have to play, like, anybody and everybody. You have to be prepared for that. So... Yeah. It doesn't really matter to me at this point. Um, I think I trust them to drop something good enough. And yeah, like like Paul said, we're our own worst enemies. So <laughs> I think it's more on us than yeah. worrying about them. Yeah, I, I, I just like there is a lot of good stuff on their defense. Their defensive line is phenomenal and it locks the run down, yeah. which is, you know, a lot of what is predicated with uh, the Dallas offense is through the run. So I think they're going to have to manufacture runs a little bit yeah. um, uh, don't, in order don't, to get that way. Yeah, don't forget as well, Fred Warner in there as well, like for the run defense as yeah, well. He's definitely. really effective. So that's a concern for our offense, I, I reckon. But, uh, I mean, you Greenwell, the other linebacker, he's on over 100 tackles for this season and he leads the team in tackles. He's He's come on a long way since last year. Yeah, I mean, let's get into it. Um, We'll do a little compare and contrast of the offenses, and then we'll head into the defenses because Mike Mm. Poland is a 
a <laughs> wonderful writer and gets us all together for us every week, um, comparing and contrasting both sides. So you can always check his articles out at bloggingboys.com. Be sure to give them all the clicks and check that out. But uh, let's start with the quarterbacks. We have Dak Prescott versus Scott or Scott Brock Purdy. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I have no idea where Scott came from, but <laughs> neither do I, man. Neither do I. <laughs> um, but I mean, you have Dak Prescott, who is actually the oldest quarterback in the playoffs right now. Yeah, um, which, which is that's just crazy to even think about that. Like, yeah, I can't even fathom that idea. I'm refused to believe that. The league's turning over, so. Mm. Too surprising, but um, then you're also facing Brock Purdy, who is uh, arguably the youngest guy. I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, he's the rookie, right? So he has to be the youngest. Yeah. He's also <laughs> he's also I Mr. Guess. Irrelevant yeah. as well. Yes, Mr. Irre- Irrelevant, which means he was the last pick of the draft, um, in that sixth round. So, um, what do you guys think about um seeing these two, you know, run the offenses? Bumble. <laughs> Mike, uh, do you want to go first this time? We'll do the second right. since he wrote this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, what I said is that the, the way the San Francisco 49ers team is built, especially on offense, it's not a quarterback-reliant team. Yeah. Basically, the best way to put it is the way I said it, is they are the Georgia of NFL when you look at it. And, like, they have a lot – they have a good offensive line – but the big part is, is they have a lot of positionless players on the offense that they can move around. So you can have Debo Samuel um, on the outside and move to the backfield and play running back. What do you do with Trayvon Diggs in that instance? You know, you can have Christian McCaffrey in the backfield move to the slot. Kyle Juchek, you know, you can have him put out wide from the slot. Like, how do you cover these guys? And by doing that, you're always constantly moving players out of position, especially if you're playing from base, because you're going to have somebody like the likes of, of LVE finding himself trying to cover Christian McCaffrey from the slot, which is going to look nasty. But it's how they do it. It's how they manipulate um, those players around, because it, it, it it's practically positionless football. But in order by doing that, it means that you're, quarter, you're not quarterback reliant in order to get the offense moving. So... The way I said it is for the Cowboys, Dak is your truck for the offense. If he's not moving, the offense stalls. Where Brock Purdy for their offense is a trailer, and he just doesn't need to drag the offense down. That's all he needs to do. I mean, that's the perfect way to put it. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, I always kind of had the analogy of Brock Purdy's kind of steering the ship, essentially, where... That press starts the engine of the ship, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could almost call, like, don't they uh, say that planes are basically autopilot? So, I mean. Yeah, that's, that's a good one, yeah. actually. That's yeah, another one, yeah. 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 You know, there's all sorts of analogies. We have superstitions. We have analogies. We have all sorts of things going for us over here at the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> how do you guys think, uh, after that game last week, Dak Prescott had the game of his life. Do you see that him being able to carry that over into this game, Paul? I don't see why not. I mean, the confidence is high right now. I think it's just more down to making sure that we've actually nailed down our scouting on San Francisco, making sure that 
especially when it comes to our offensive line, how to contain like Nick Bosa and the rest of their defense. Uh, give Dak as much time and make sure like the CD Lamb and everybody else, Dalton Schultz, are just prepared and able to get open. So I think once we can actually, I think if we can get the first score on the board, I think we can get the ball rolling because we kind of saw that against Tampa Bay where it was like it was like three and out, three and out, and three and out, and it wasn't until that first touchdown that's when the momentum really kicked forward and we were just like dominant from that from then. So. I think if that was the same, I think this could be the same scenario when it comes to San Francisco. So I think we need to go out there and actually just lay down the lay down the smackdown on San Francisco so early on, pretty much. Yeah, I, I am agreement. I mean, what what you've got to do is you've got to silence that Santa Clara crowd. You get them quiet, and it's game over. And Dak is the guy who can do that, especially what you saw last week. Like you know, like. You, it's good to see him rushing. You know the scrambles that lead to rushes because it's not that he's got built-in rush play. All right, there was the um, where he went on the bootleg and scored the touchdown. That was obviously a designed play, but a lot of it that happened during the game is more scrambles that then turn into a rush for him to go downfield. And you're all you're looking at is you're not massive yardage, twenty to thirty yards. You know, an extra three first downs, and that's just enough to suddenly evolve that offense and manipulate their defense to now have to think of other things. And that's what you saw last week. And if he can, and I think he will, that you bring that, implementing that rush play, that scrambling ability back into Dak's offense, that's what's going to give you that edge. That uh, rushing touchdown that he had was like, they did the side-by-side of like, the Peyton Manning play. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And what's, what's crazy is that's like nearly like 10 years ago when that happened. Yeah. That's nearly a decade. Crazy. Yeah. And like, I, when you think back at it, I'm like, no, nah, it wasn't 10 years ago. That was only like a couple of seasons ago. <laughs> I was having that very realization the other day. Um, so I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, but you talked about the Santa Clara crowd. Um, Mike McCarthy projects that there will be more 50 50. The way ticket sales look at right now, it's like projected to be 30% Cowboys fans, which is pretty good. Um, we, we know that we travel well. How, like, do you think, how do you think that's going to go? I think with the spike of prices for tickets, when it's actually put some fans off at the moment, but, um, but yeah, but uh, we've got like so uh, J Tuck. He's going to the game. We know know he's going to go there. He's going to give it absolutely lose his focal cords when he's there at the game, like he did mm-hmm. last week. So yeah. Um. But yeah, I think uh, as you mentioned, Cowboys Nation always shows up on away games. They always turn up, and and honestly, it's not just like like any game that. Me and, you, me and yourself, um, Meg, we've been to games. It's just like, it's, it's literally a takeover. And it, doesn't, it doesn't matter where you go. There's just Cowboys fans everywhere. So it would not surprise me. Um, we will be the loudest in uh, Santa Clara. It's always yeah. funny to me that um, at AT&T Stadium, there can be games where it's, you know, a massive showing from the other team. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, honestly, every away game I've been to, it's like, we take over. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, take Kansas City last season as a prime example. 
like big miss the game, Ron Independence, Patrick Holmes, despite we got uh, we lost that game, but the turnout in Dallas Cowboys fans was just ridiculous. Oh, and New Orleans. <laughs> oh, that yeah, that that, 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 that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, I I I, I, I love the fact I was able to trash talk to the Saints fans in that game. It was great. <laughs> they love to give it right back to you too. What do you think, Mike? Yeah. I, and it, it is it, it is crazy. We know what the following in California with Dallas is like. Um, yeah. So there's a massive following over there. But like piggybacking off what you're saying is something I, I tweeted out. So I, I, I wanted to tag you in it, actually, to find out what you thought is imagine this. Imagine the Giants beat the Eagles. I know. And the, I know. Yeah, and the Cowboys win. That's an NFC championship game. At, at AT&T, home. Meg. Oh, my goodness. That Mind would blown? Be, that would just be the icing on the cake to the NFC East division as a big screw you to Philadelphia, pretty much. Can you imagine? They're so confident about this game. Like, they just shut down any possibility of, like, them not moving past this round, um, which almost makes me feel like you guys are a little too cocky and you're going to... Have some mm-hmm. I I will say things. I I will say where it comes to Chris. This is going to be the third game between Philadelphia and the uh, uh, and New York. It's yes. everything comes in threes. Yeah. Well, this is the... can come in threes too. So just you know. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, I think the one phrase that everybody loves to throw around a million times, which they did against San Francisco when they were playing Seattle, was it's hard to beat a team three times. Yeah. Francisco sure. did it. We'll see if the Eagles can do it. I just think they're, and I'm only talking about their fans. It's I can't really speak for the feeling in the locker room, but the overconfidence is wild. <laughs> I'm just, Maybe I'm just because, like we're just we're we've been scared into submission a little bit. Like we have to like keep a realistic view, give or take. Um, mm. but, <laughs> Eagles fans, the overconfidence, wild, wild. To me. Yeah, overconfidence. It is true. It's, I think overconfidence is just an understatement, to be honest. Like I, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the time where if if the Giants were to beat the Eagles, I cannot wait for that meltdown on social media. I cannot oh, wait. Would, yeah, and like I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's nice to think about, you know. I I hope just, it happens. It's just a crazy thing to think of, like you know. I mean, like like I can see it now that it's gonna happen. Say it happens. There's going to be a, a sudden mass of messages coming in, like anyone fancy going to the states. <laughs> it's gonna happen, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be tempting. I'm not gonna jinx it, but I already have a plan in place, um, mapped out, and everything. So you know, I'm ready <laughs> if I need to. Oh, come on, you need to, you need to spill the beans now. Come on now. Oh, I've what I've what's happened is that I've, I've given up on plane tickets and I've uh, mapped a route to Arizona that has dog friendly hotels. Oh, <laughs> taking them with me, and I was like, I don't care if I even go in. If I'm outside, that's fine. But I'm gonna be there if they make it there. Mm-hmm. That's I, a, so that's last a year I bought a ticket to uh, LA, and that was that was dumb. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> Just a contingency plan is I'll just drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you yeah. do not want to be trying to drive in LA, especially during the Super Bowl. 
Oh, honestly, driving in LA is not that bad because people in Dallas drive like nut jobs. So I'm like completely <laughs> prepared for any. Oh, trust me, you've never been to Scotland. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm just talking about like four of the states. Like I'm pretty prepared to drive in any <laughs> situation. So I'm I'm okay with that. But yeah, um, that's that's my contingency plan. I'm not jinxing us by buying a plane ticket again. I learned my lesson. So. <laughs> especially when we're playing San Francisco again. But let's get back into the offense here, and let's talk about the running attack from both teams. We have Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, obviously, and Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell um, on the San Francisco side. Tell me, um, you you know, when you write these articles, you have, like, who you think has the advantage over the other. um, Yeah. And you have the 49ers with the edge here. Give me your reasoning why. Basically, it's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's a double-edged sword. And also, although we've got those two running backs there, you have to include Debo Samuel as well, as well as Kyle Juszczyk. Um, Like the way that they can manipulate those guys as we've talked about. But Christian McCaffrey, I mean, it was a massive gamble, especially by the way the 49ers play their running backs. And given the injury history of Christian McCaffrey, that's the that has always been his big problem. Has been availability, um, but there's no doubt Christian McCaffrey is one of the best, most electrifying running backs in the league, and he offers you yep. just as much, you know, receiving option as he does rushing. And you give it's and you you only have to give him an inch, and he'll take a mile because it, he he encapsulates what. Kyle Shanahan is trying to do with that offense, which is all about yak yards. And that's where Christian McCaffrey wins. Yep. Oh yeah. I'm just I'm just I'm just looking at the, the team stats right now of, of points per game type of thing and total yards per game. Mm. And, uh, and the rushing yards right now, Dallas is 135 yards point two, and San Francisco's 138 yards point eight. So there's no much of a difference in terms of average mm. of and, uh, and even the passing yards as well is 230 to 238. So there was, um, um, there, I don't forget who I was listening to. I've listened to like every podcast on the books this week um, to like get ready for this game. Um, so you might have to give me a second to come. I think it was actually RJ and um, Stats that were talking about this on the um, NFL pregame show. I think that's what it's called. Um, but you can listen to that on Blogging Boys Network, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. But they were talking about how there were like five or seven times. I'm going to misquote this, but the, I'll get to the point um, where they had their like power, like 17 players or whatever out there, like their best of the best all in like mm-hmm. all at once. And they were um, averaging 15 yards per play. So That's crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> But yeah, it is. It's wild. I'm, I mean, like, even so far, so if you just take in the playoffs, um, I think when I was reading it, the Debo Samuel at the moment is on, like, 108 yak yards. The next guy who's second is, I think it's somebody from the Giants, and he's on, like, 40. Mm-hmm. That's, like, how wild. And I think then... Number three is Brandon Ayuk. So it just you know, it's what it's how it's how that they they manipulate their offense for the run. It's, it is crazy, and the offensive line will give them that push too. 
Yeah, it's, it's like it's like what you mentioned there early on, Mike, regards to the quarterback. It's like it's the skill position players that are making the plays. Like it's really yeah. it's yeah. really those shorthand passes and they're the ones that's doing all the work getting upfield. It's not like you're throwing a deep ball, then it's the um, yards no, have to catch. No. It's not like we've not seen any deep passing routes or anything. It's all screens, it's all short passes, all slants. Mm-hmm. Or post, uh, they like use post- the jet sweep a lot too. Yeah, the jet sweep as well. So it's it's one of those plays that you just don't really anticipate more than anything, um, mm. and it, it does seem to kind of come back and bite you in the butt. Yeah, yeah, and obviously Christian McCaffrey and you know Elijah Mitchell, everyone on that offense is pretty high powered. Um, but do you give any credit to their O line being able to like help them out there? Or yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to. I mean, in a way, I'm kind of on, on, on the fence with that one, mate, to be honest. Because when you think about it, short passes, there's not enough. To, it's the short passes, though. You need to get the ball yeah. out quickly. So, I mean, it's, if, it was, if it was a different scenario, if the quarterback was throwing deep balls at the time, then you need to give your quarterback more time. No, I, I agree. Yeah, especially, you know, in pass protection, certainly. But, yeah. you know, in, in reference to the run, Oh, for the run, yeah, I totally yeah. agree with you in that one for sure. The, yeah, like the, especially the tackles, the two tackles are yeah. exceptionally good at getting forward, getting their hands on, and pushing them backwards. I mean, there's highlight clips throughout the season of you know the tackles pushing defensive linemen into their own end zone, you know, and they're playing from like the five yard line, you know, within trying to score a touchdown, and you watch these guys fight backwards. I. I can't remember which game it was, and it's it's phenomenal. The inside guys can be a little susceptible to issues trying to get set on, on run blocking, but it tackles both of them phenomenal at doing it. Yeah, I mean, so let's talk about Tony and Ezekiel Elliott here. Um, mm. you know, they I feel like they've utilized them pretty well, you know, last game. Mm. I think the focus was definitely on letting. Dak sling it a little bit, but um, you know they didn't get, they didn't really hold you back in any way, so that was helpful. They moved you along. Um, how do you think they're going to fare against that D line? And do you think the O line is good enough to or holding up good enough to give them some gaps? Right, so I'm just glad that Tyra Biadas is back because that's going to help our run game by tenfold. Um, and me and Mike were kind of talking about our sailors. Like, obviously, the edge is going to be the hardest part to kind of penetrate with, like, a bolster there and stuff like that. And but I think that in terms of the success rate to actually run the ball on San Francisco, which was like 65% was going through the A gap. So, and that was through like uh, the ESPN analytics, it was called, uh, it was kind of like mentioning that. So, it's going to be a very interesting see because you, when you do look at the likes of their defensive line and stuff like that. The, the weakest point is probably their interiors um if out of that D line. So and uh, but you do have like some Fred Warner who can run down to the hit those gaps as well. So um I think it's gonna be yeah, I think it's gonna be very a tough day in the office. Is it gonna be a better performance from last last year's playoff game? I would say so, the way how we've been playing right now. Like we're a lot more um determined. We're not as cocky going into the San Francisco game. We've got our pressure on our backs at this time round. So that's going to put more uh, determination on the players to kind of grow up and step up and, and perform in this game. 
Yeah, I mean, I think this week, the a lot of the focus when, you know, the players have been asked about this upcoming game and this matchup is they uh, they want to get revenge from last year. Like, they're hungry to rectify their mistakes. Um, they got embarrassed last year. And uh, I think I think it's almost the best route for them to go to beat Tom Brady and then go on, like, to like prove reprove themselves by facing the 49ers. Um, I just, I think it's going to be really interesting to see, especially you guys like, and we'll, and we'll get to him, but like guys like Micah Parsons, who is like really, really upset about that to this day, they've thought about this for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like in terms of our offense, in what we did, what's crazy is both Smiths played really well. Like Tyron Smith is looking Really comfortable at right tackle now, which is good to see. Um, Tyron or Zach Tyler, Mar- did you say? Tyron. Tyron. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to. We need, we need to give them nicknames. But yeah, Tyron Smith on the right tackle side is looking much more comfortable. Like his footwork is better. He understands. So you see in success that side. So you think if Nick Bose is over there, Tyron Smith, he's seen it before with him, he's going to handle it. Tyler Smith on the other side, I think was probably the best offensive lineman last week by far. And he did it from two positions. Without a shadow of a doubt, the way he actually put David on his backside in the end zone was just absolutely mm. beautiful. Yeah. Absolute he was tiny. solid. Yeah. Like flawless, especially in the left tackle position. Absolute flawless. And that's funny you say that because I, I think that although I like Jason Peters as a tackle and Tyler Smith in a guard. Mm-hmm. Because it gives you Connor McGovern, you know, the option to give you that six OL formation. So yeah. that that's handy. But I do like Tyler Smith at left tackle than I do at left guard. I completely agree. And I actually do kind of prefer seeing McGovern playing at left guard right out right now as well. Yeah. Like, he he, he was solid. Yeah, like I I keep saying this religiously all season that like the more McGovern plays in the one position, the better he gets. And we're seeing that game by game by game. He is constantly getting better this season. It was the exact mm-hmm. same with Terrence Steele, where he was getting consistent reps at the right tackle position before his injury. He was getting talked about, oh, this guy could be a pro Bowl nominated at one point. So, but um, but yeah, it's like, keep, keep Tyler Smith at left, put mm-hmm. McGovern in left guard, I think we'll be absolutely fine. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
This will yeah. easily be Tyler Smith's um, biggest uh, challenge yet. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, Nick Bose has got 18 and a half sacks this year, so he's got a um, big task ahead of him. And mm. uh, and sorry, my dog's just decided to come and see me there. I think he's but but <laughs> here's one for you, though, right? Because Conor McGovern is going to be a free agent next year. Has he done enough to warrant a further contract going forward? I would say so. I mean, maybe not big money contract, but I think uh, other teams will probably look into him and probably offer him a lot more money. But it just really depends if he wants to kind of continue and progress with Dallas. That I think that's kind of more the question. Yeah, what do you reckon, Meg? I, I want to know what you think. We're going to see if uh, some of these guys want to take some team-friendly deals. I think that might be where that um, where it comes down to. I would not be surprised if he mm. was open to that. Um, just given the support that he's received um, and what he's learned under Philbin and all that stuff. so. Well, I, I, I will say Joe Philbin deserves a lot of credit this year. Like, And I was one, and Mike can vouch on this, I was one of his I biggest was too. critics. Yeah. Like, I was with you, Mike. I think I think a lot of a lot of people were critics of Joe Philbin to be perfectly honest. But, 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 but this this year he has really turned things around, and I'm and I'm one of the biggest advocates of eating humble pie. Mm-hmm. So I've and I've ate quite a lot. So as you can see, I've got a little bit of lumber back on me now. So that's holiday weight, mate. Don't you worry. But the the only bit that makes me nervous about the O line, the only bit, I, and I didn't write it in because I I didn't want to slander too much. The only thing that scares me. Is we're like we're literally one injury away from Josh Ball. Yeah, that's uh, that that's a bit scary to be fair. What we wouldn't put in Forniak or what was it Hoffman or anything like that instead? We wouldn't try that. <laughs> you got you got Avante Collins and yeah. um, Josh Ball. Ice, that's all that's left. What about Ice Aracorn? Is he just is he still in the practice squad? Uh yes, and if they elevate him, they lose the um uh, the deal in, the, the, yeah. the international, the international yeah the international yeah. pathway yeah. Right, Josh Ball, you better practice hard this week, just in case I see you. But if I have to, it just that just scares me. Mm-hmm. I feel I you. Agreed. Let's uh let's talk about the wide receivers. You have this category as a push between the two teams. As we have C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, T.Y. Hilton, they have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ike, and I uh, forget what Jennings' first name is, but that guy. Yeah, Juan Jennings. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he may not play because I know he's been cropping up on the practice report. So not there, but I mean, Ayuk's had a really big season. He's been. And when he was coming through the draft, I called him at the time. I was like, he's going to, he's the secret weapon of this draft. You know, we've always got a secret weapon in every draft. And that's what he was this year. And he's showing it now because, you know, he's getting downfield. He's the deep threat. Again, you know, Debo Samuel. And, and people talk about Trayvon Diggs's tackling. Uh, and me and Paul were talking about this in the week is that. Trayvon Diggs is tackling. It's not that he misses many tackles. It's more the, the style he goes for. It makes it look like he's unwilling to tackle. when It's, it's kind of not really the case. It's more that he likes to let his man pass him and then tackle him from behind rather than head on. But in doing so, you're allowing more yards for the player. 
by doing that with Debo is you're doing exactly what he wants. But on the flip side of that, Trayvon Diggs and Debo Samuel have met twice before already. And Debo Samuel in that time has a grand total of 30 yards. That's a that's a pretty good stat right there. I won't lie to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's 30 yards against Trayvon Diggs, not total against the Dallas defense. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. That's not bad, but it's not good. Not good. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like on the on the other side of it though, because I, I put a tweet out today is CD Lamb is when targeted, allow uh, uh, when targeted will give Dak a quarterback rating of 130.0. On the other side of that, uh, Traverius Ward, in the last three games, has allowed a quarterback rating of 130.6. Very interesting. Mm. Mm. So, <laughs> sneaky. Sneaky. I mean, it's hard to talk about this like wide receiver core without kind of bringing in the tight ends. Um, mm. which is, you know, for us, we have more of a tight end core that, um, usually rotates in, but let's, we're going to focus on Dalton Schultz, um, and Greg Kittle here. Um, Dalton Schultz had quite a game, uh, against Tampa Bay, but George Kittle's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty dang good. Yeah. You yeah. have the advantage as George Kittle with the 49ers. So tell me about George. Come on, Paul. Do you want to go? Yeah, anyway. Kettle, Kettle's a beast. There's nothing much else to say. He's got good hands, good movement, get, get, creates good separation. He's also, like, he's really improved in terms of his blocking as well this year. Um, and since, it, like, obviously, when, what year was it he got injured? Was it last year he got injured? Yes, because he missed the first two weeks of the season. That's right. So, but ever since then, he's just came leaps and bounds, and he's really became really such a more polished player overall as a tight end. But from the blocking to the pat uh, to catching, and just just yeah, he's just just a really good player for San Francisco. I I, I can't really say much but anything bad about him. I love it. Like I even think his paddles are absolutely hilarious <laughs> as well. Yeah, I mean, he, he does have the second most touchdowns at his at his position. Yeah. Um, so I mean that's that's pretty good if you ask me. Yeah, and like you just you you know you know you never need to take him off the field. That that's the trouble, and he's just got a knack of finding the soft spots in coverage. That's just like that's his greatest thing. And that wherever you throw the ball, which is a big thing with Brock Purdy, is his ball placement is particularly bad, and he's known for it in Iowa State as well for the ball placement, but. That doesn't matter when you're throwing to kill because he has this huge wingspan and any ball you throw to him just sticks to him like glue. See, I see. I'm so glad you man- mentioned Brock Purdy there in terms of his ball placement and accuracy, which I thought was just the most ridiculous statement on <laughs> NFL Network saying he's more accurate than Dak Prescott. I'm sorry, but that was just ridiculous. They were just trying to uh, get you to tweet at them. That's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. don't yeah, fall so, for it. Yep. Yeah. They're full crap. Smoking mills. Putting him at 12, like Dak Prescott at 12, that was just to rile people up too. Like, when we all fell for it. So, you know. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. But um, Dalton Schultz, we've long said he is Dak Prescott's safety blanket. Um, yep. There are games when, you know, they are able to limit his impact. Um, who do you think would be able to do that 
And do you think they will be successful this week? Polias. Um, I think this game, I think it's going to be a much more tougher test. Like we were up against like Fred Warner who can drop back into coverage as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, I don't really know too much about the 49ers defensive backs too much, but I think it's, I think Schultz will have a decent game, but I don't think he'll be as effective as he was against Tampa Bay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, this is more of a game... Because the, the the San Francisco defense on the defensive back side, like they are, I think fifth worst in passing defense in the last three games, which includes um, the wild card game. And, and all you've got to do is you just go go back and watch the the Seahawks wide receivers last week going off. I think uh, what was it? I think they allowed somewhere in the range of two hundred and eighty eight passing yards, I believe. Um, and that's obviously with Geno, Geno Smith, mind you, still having a great season. But you would think Dak Prescott with CD Lamb and Michael Gallup, they would be able to, you know, they'd be able to provide a better performance than what you've seen from the Seahawks. So I think it was, two, gonna... it, it was 253 yards in total in that game. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot of leakage there um, that you think our group would be able to capitalise on a bit more. I think maybe not so much Dalton Schultz, because I think he's going to be needed down close to the line to try and bully some guys around for uh, Zeke and Tony to make some movement. But there's nothing to say in 12-man formations, Jake Ferguson can't break a big one. I love about Jake Ferguson. I think if we're in 12-man formation, I think he could be that go-to guy rather than Dalton. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, moving on to the defense. Um, that's where I get super excited about this matchup. Because um, I would I would deign to say that we have the advantage there, even though they have the defensive player of the year. Mm. Yeah, I think overall on the defensive line, they're probably right. Okay. Let's do it this way. That the the the, the the San Francisco 49ers defensive line have played extremely well all season, but the Cowboys defensive line, especially last week, like the inside defensive linemen, are all of a sudden stepping up their game. And it seems to be all happening at the right time. You know, with like we mentioned earlier, with Osa and Chauncey Golston, um, Dorrance Armstrong is coming back in waves. Nothing's changed with Tank. He's Tank, Tank is Tank. But it all seems to be coming together at the right time for these guys. That all of a sudden, like, they're performing when we needed them to the most. Yeah, and we definitely need them the most right now. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so yeah. let's let's talk about um, where there's an advantage um, for us. I mean, which... I should say where there's a disadvantage because I feel like we have more advantages than disadvantages. Mm-hmm. I think it's really just Bosa is like the, the the biggest pronounced problem that we have with their defense. I totally That's agree. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. I've got all the, the stats here just now. So Nick Bosa, like we mentioned earlier, 18 and a half sacks, Dennis Samson, Ibukam, 
He's got five. Then it's Charles. Oh. I'd, I'd trying to name um, some of these players' names is ridiculous. Charles Amenahue. Yeah, Charles Amenahue, 4.5. Yeah. Drake Jackson's got three. Ke- Kevin Devins, two. But their total, mm. but basically their total count, total sack count is 44. And their total tackle ta- uh, count is 1,198. When you compare that to Dallas, Dallas's total sacks is 54. Mm. And their total tackle tackle count is one thousand two hundred and four. So we have definitely caused a lot more disruption with uh, with our defenses in games overall this season. Ooh. Yeah, but that was just a regular season, though. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the bulk of it, isn't it? You know. Yep. Um, everything goes out the window when you hit the playoffs. But like, you know, you you, you talk about Bosa. You know, he, he's their guy. And then, you know, you kind of float around with all the other guys. They're really good in the run defense. It's kind of like, I think, what well, you can talk about Fred Warner and Greenlaw as well. But I just, I do, I just think the Cowboys linebacker call, because they've only got those two really, but the Cowboys have got, you know, we'll put Parsons in in the linebacker call, although he's pretty much a pass rusher now. Um, LVE, is just absolutely he's done. It's been, fun, it's been fantastic to, this year. Yeah, to, yeah. To me, to me, he's been one of the the comeback players this season in a way. Yeah, like, I, I, I put in. I put in. My, like my take was that I don't think there is a single player on this roster who's a free agent next season who's more priority to get a long term deal than LVE. I totally he, agree. He's I'm number getting, one. I, I would. I totally agree. Like. Over Tony Pollard, Brett Maher, all of them. The stingers don't give you any pause? What's that, sorry? The stingers and injuries don't give you any pause? I mean, like, like, it wasn't... They they didn't say that's what it was for his last injury, just that he'd done something... I know what you're saying. Yeah. The the history is a concern, but it hasn't... It it wasn't a problem last year, and it wasn't really a problem this year. So you, you want to hope that that's put into the past. But the good thing is, is they know his medical history. They know his past and they know what they're dealing yeah. with. So LVE's in safe hands. He knows medically and psychologically, he's in safe hands with this Cowboys medical staff. But also this medical staff know exactly what they're dealing with and what, they, you know, what they've got with him. So you would think there's that like the double-edged sword in order to keep him and maintain his health. Also, just to add on top of that as well, Mike, it's like if, for example, he was to try and test free agency, he would probably be a bit more apprehensive, apprehensive, sorry, going to another team with a different medical staff and stuff like that who really yeah. don't know all their history and stuff like that. He might get paid more money, but I would say he'd be more thinking that my health more at risk because they don't really necessarily know all the extents of what I've been through, am I better and mm. better be in safe hands being stay, staying in Dallas? Yeah. yeah. He always try to find a way to keep the guys that he really wants. And yeah, like Stephen Jones always says, uh, we like our guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Meg, like, I had to say yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, but, but, like, like, think about this, right? If you're going to play Micah Parsons more as an edge rusher, which I think is the way it's going, they're going to bulk him up in the offseason and he's going to stay there a bit more. If LVE does shift, that means our linebacker core consists of Damone Clark, and that's it. 
That's that's wild. <laughs> that's what you're going with. Because I, I don't know what's going to happen with Jabril Cox. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's inactive. Uh, it's the same as Neville Gallimore. I mean, he, I can see him being inactive again this week, which, which puts which, the final which, nail in the coffin. Yeah, which pains which pains me to even think I know, that, man. I know. Because he's, he's one of my favourite guys right now, but he's just not been able to kind of perform this season, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, like, if, if, if you're into the playoffs and you're inactive, and then you could... Because, like, there's nothing... Neville Gallimore can do for you against this 49ers in this game. You you, you can't put him out and leave John Hankins out because John Hankins is yeah. massive. Like, yeah. there's another guy right behind LB. He's a free agent. He's coming back next year for me. Yep. That's an uh, Yep. Definitely. That was a great pickup, honestly. Um, yeah. He really was. Right. Do you think there's any chance that? They just try to bring in any bigger bodies than they had last week, or do you think they keep that um, set of guys that they had last week? Like, is there a chance that they would tap in like Bohana or even more if they were feeling frisky? I don't know. I know what you're saying. Like, do you take Bohana out for Watkins? But Watkins had a really good game last week. So if I'm Dan Quinn, I'm going, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You played really well last week. Let's see if you can do it again. Because yeah. he, he was significant. He was good in what he did. Yeah. I mean, it was really impressive, you know, just like how they how he manipulated it, like the safety play and all mm-hmm. that stuff yeah. was like really fun to see. And, I mean, we've said this multiple times, but, like, he knows Kyle Shanahan. He knows that offense. And I trust him to put something together. <laughs> But we'll see. I was just curious about the big bodies, considering you know. Who I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I. Normally, I would agree with you, but I just think that Carlos, Carlos Watkins last week showed you enough that he deserves to play another game, basically. Um, and and the good thing is, is like if anything, if if Dan Quinn's unsure on how to manipulate his defense this week, the New Orleans Saints have shown you the blueprint where you you. You keep your personnel where they are. Do not move with them, is what the Saints did. So when they were moving, it, like we said, positionless football thing, you know, moving players around, the Saints just stood there and went, no, I'm, we're, not move, we're not moving our guys. That's how they need to do it. Yeah, I think people were also referencing their game against the Raiders for that too. So there are some games that you can really look at to see how you can uh, use your – what you have on the field. So – yeah. There's, there's stuff out there on these guys. They're not uh, impenetrable, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, we're talking about the defenders, though. But, I mean, what, what do you think? Because I know you're a big fan of it, Meg. Well, how do you feel the Drabil Cox situation's gone down? Um, I'm bummed that he is not performing to, like, the ability that I know that he has deep down there, but it just may not be the right place or system for him. And I, you know, hope that wherever he ends up that he is able to add value so yeah it is sad to see because there was so much promise there because he was that that new age off-ball linebacker that was starting to come into the nfl yeah and and we and and here's the final man we were really excited the fact that we managed to get him in the fourth round in the the draft like we would have thought this guy should have been second round third round but the fact that he went managed to fall down to the fourth and we picked him up i thought you are got to be kidding me this is an absolute steal but it's just unfortunate it's just he's just not managed to kind of 
get the ball rolling within Dallas right now. Did, did you just pick it up. It just seems to be like so. I don't know what it is, but maybe the ACL injury that he sustained is just it, it's in it, it's more ingrained deeper into him than we've we've been told, or it's been led on, and that's affecting his athleticism because it does seem to be an athleticism athleticism issue. Mm-hmm. Sad. I'm trying to save you guys from the chorus of coughing dogs I have in my house. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the who do you think has to, or who has to have the better game in order for us to win? Is it Dak Prescott or is it the Dallas defense? Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. No, actually, that's a that's a good question. Actually, no, I'm not yeah, no. about it. I am. Ah. I, I'm. I'm glad you were talking because I was trying to figure that out. So who needs? Because okay, okay, mean, yeah, they're scoring think... a lot of points, and we can yeah. score points. So I think the way the way to do this is a uh, kind of almost like to go in a triangle on this answer is that. Dak needs to have the bigger game because by Dak having the bigger game, you'll score points. By putting points onto the 49ers, puts the pressure on them uh. to keep up. And that's how you help your defense is by putting them in situations where they've got to pass a lot more, which then means that our yeah, we just saw, yeah, we, yeah, we saw that with Brady there. The Brady yeah, was yeah. forced to pass. Like, what was Brady, like 66 passes for that whole, whole, whole attempts? <laughs> Like he only it's made pretty like, wild. Made like just over half of his half his percentage in those throws. So mm. and that was just it's... because I think if that was the same scenario against San Francisco, I think if we can force Purdy to make the more longer throws, then I think that could be actually more to an advantage. So just pile the pressure on him. And that would be based on that putting points on the board. So yeah, I think that's what yeah, I think that's where we need to, to answer the up. question. Yeah, to yeah. answer that question. Dak has the bigger game because yep. uh, it, it's almost the reverse of what it was at the start of the season, that your offense will help your defense by making the 49ers one-dimensional. Yeah, I mean, they're going to need to make that uh, offense one-dimensional because they are, they've got big names on there, their powerhouses. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll see. They, they are. Yeah. You guys that, that... Any... Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just agreeing with you. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I won't say... I will say though, I will say though, with likes of San Francisco, they are not a team that's known for going the deep routes. They're not known for that. It's like you mentioned there, mate. It's like the jet sweeps, the R run play options, it's the screen passes, the slot Screens, the slants. Yeah. So it's all the short passes. And like you mentioned as well, you're talking about the yards after carry type of thing as well. So if we can isolate the yards after carry, then I think that's more of an advantage for us as well. Yeah, it's the yak. Yak is what they're all about. Yes, that's everyone's favorite word right now. Um, and we mm. love it. It's fun. But, okay, give me your bold predictions for this game. Like, pick a player, doesn't I, either side of the ball. What are they going to do for us? How are we going to win this game? And what's your score prediction? Brett Maher is not going to miss a field goal or a... <laughs> He was six for six the other day there okay. in the wind in Dallas. So, I'm trying and, to think. But yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, but I'm stuck there, with you. Like, talk about your point a little bit there, um, Paul. And the weather's going to be nice. 
Mm-hmm. I think everyone's been talking about that all week about like, what's the weather going to be like in Santa Clara. There is, you know, potential for there to be a little bit of a soggy field, but it's going to be like 70 degrees. That's okay. That's, that's nice. That's pretty yeah, decent. During the day. So at nighttime, it'll cool off a little bit, but like not enough to be worried about. Yeah. It's nothing um, like Buffalo. It's not like Buffalo temperatures or anything like that. Yeah, they'll just have to, you know, check out the field from the day prior. That's when it's going to rain a little bit, but. Mm. See, so as long as it's not you don't you don't mind it being damp as long as it's not slippery because that's an effective yeah. pass rush and and obviously why you're and everything. It, but <laughs> yeah yeah and everything, yeah it affects everything yeah. um i i think for my but oh did you give your score prediction paul no i haven't so oh, sorry mate sorry that's all right that's all right so originally i was going to say 31 24 but i'm actually feeling pretty confident and dark, and I'm feeling pretty confident with the Cowboys' defense. I'm actually going to add an extra ten points with the Cowboys being forty-one twenty-four. <laughs> I love it. I love extreme confidence. <laughs> confidence is high. over there. Oh no! Just no. I just want to say as well. Paul just said a word. We're banned from saying you're not allowed to say that, mate. No. Remember what happened. Remember what happened when we were going through a season of saying that statement. What statement? What? Confidence, Confidence is, high. is high from Apple. Oh, you know, from I forgot about that. You jinxed us. Oh, I didn't say that, though. I said he sounds like an Eagles fan. <laughs> so that, 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 yeah, that just cool. No, it was the roundabout off. way of saying it, so I didn't say the <laughs> magic words. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Here's one for you. Okay, I've got a nice bold prediction. Is that Drum Bland is on the outside. He's covering Brandon Ayuk. And I feel Brock Purdy's going to try and push it. He's going to try and push the ball. And he's up against the number two interception leader of the NFL, Deron Bland. Deron Bland takes one to the house. Ooh, I like that. Mm. That's where it's going to go wrong for him. And then from there, it all just collapsed. Then he'll just but, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, or the other one could be CD Lamb two touchdowns. I was awesome. gonna say I, I was gonna say Michael Gallup. I think he's gonna destined for a big game. I could just see Michael Gallup having one another one of those games where he's on clearing routes. That's mm. my trouble. Potentially cl- on a lot of clearing. But score prediction, I gave it into David for his article on blogging and boys, and I've said that the Cowboys will run with it and then they'll drop eight later in the game. And that makes the scoreline look a bit confubbled. It's going to be Cowboys 21, 49 and 17. But the scoreline really give the game justice. All right. Mine is Dak Prescott gets four touchdowns again. There we go. There we go. And one uh, of them is uh, going to be running again. Is that's my my bold prediction for you right there? I like it. I do like that. Is that then a design run? He scores it on, or is it a scramble rush? Scramble, baby. Scramble that. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, he's he's smart. He's going to see something and he's going to scramble out to the side. We're going to love it. I'll freak out. I'll probably scream. <laughs> and I will. And then I will tag you. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> For a score prediction, I'm looking at um, 31-21. 
So you're not far off my original prediction. You're not far off from that. But I'm still, I'm, I'm stuck by. I, I, yeah, like I'm, I'm telling, I'm feeling a lot more. Like, I'm, I don't know if it's just me, but I, I tend to think San Francisco is maybe potentially a little bit of a fraud. I know it sounds horrible to say that, <laughs> like, because like, look, look at the teams they beat this year. Right. When you really look at the records and stuff like that, they've only beat like what two teams with running records or something like that. Mm. Right, they've lost to Kansas, which is obviously. But they've struggled against like the Las Vegas. They struggled against Seattle during the regular season. They struggled yeah. again. They lost to the Saints. That, I mean, I mean, what else? I mean, I think the point that people when they people do bring that up quite a lot when they're talking about the 49ers, and it's fair to bring up. Um, and then the uh, the uh, rebuttal that always happens is the the teams that they beat they beat by a lot. Yeah. So it's hard to ignore that when you're talking about it too. Um, and it's probably this, as simple as we really don't know what that, what, what that team is. You know, they have a high powered offense um, and they have a good defense, but they haven't been, you know, tested enough, you know, against a good defense. So that's, that'll be this week. Yeah. So I tell a lie. They've lost to Atlanta. Yeah. I tell a lie. They lost to Chicago, lost to Denver, lost to Atlanta and lost to Kansas City. They, they won against New Orleans. I do apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Saints showed you how to beat them on defense. Yeah, they were yeah. they were stuffing them up. Yes, that is correct. All right, well, there you have it, guys. We have the Cowboys as the winners. We'll see how that turns out Sunday night. While we are here um, with these two handsome fellows from the UK, they want to talk about the international series. So I give you the floor, Paul. <sighs> Yes, so the NFL released their um, designated AFC home teams for the 2023 season, which is the New England Patriots and Kansas City, who are designated to be in Germany. Buffalo, Jacksonville and Tennessee are designated to be in London, with Jacksonville hosting at Wembley, with Buffalo and Tennessee hosting in Tottenham, uh, which is the more smaller stadium. Um, but looking at the... Um, potential opponents uh, based on the 2023 opponent schedule, the only team that the Cowboys are up against and those on the road is against Buffalo. Um, my gut feeling about that is, and normally I'm one of the first people to say it's going to happen. It's been so many years. It's been 2014 since Dallas have been to London, etc. I am not feeling that confident about it. Not one bit. The reason I say that because it is against Buffalo. Jerry and the NFL will want to make that game primetime TV. That's not going to happen during London time hours, like especially a, a late night game. And for likes of the fans attending to the game, for likes of public transport, etc., it makes no sense. So I don't think Dallas are going to be coming to London anytime soon. No. No. So, um, but so, but in terms of my predictions for the games for next year, I think it's going to be Las Vegas versus Buffalo, Baltimore versus Jacksonville, Indianapolis versus Tennessee, and for the Germany games, I've got Washington versus New England and Philadelphia versus Kansas City because that big game could be the new start because the, obviously they're opening up the new Frankfurt 
spot in Germany. Yeah. All, mm-hmm. So there's one in Munich and there's one in Frankfurt. So what way to kind of introduce a, a big game with Philadelphia versus Kansas City? Yeah, that could be uh, fun for them. You guys, all sorts of fans go to those games. So just because the Cowboys aren't going doesn't mean that you can't. It'll be fun. They always have a good time out there. I see Absolutely. Mike there all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I I go to the games regardless of who's playing. Sometimes it doesn't turn out to be a very good day. But, you know, still, it's American football. I'm just going to absorb it. I get my chance wherever it takes. <laughs> we love to see that. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on as far as the international series goes? No, other than that, like, like I kind of mentioned, it's like the Cowboys are uh, are due to play Buffalo and stuff like that, but my gut feeling, and, and then actually my question is to you, what do you, what is your thoughts on it? Do you think Dallas will go to London this year against Buffalo? No, I think that Jerry and Buffalo, they see that opportunity to have Dak and um, Josh Allen duel it out in a primetime spot. That's yep. it's a good jersey yeah. game. It's a good like outdoor game and mm. it's a good primetime game. So that there's too many like tantalizing things for it to be sent across the pond, unfortunately. But you know, hopefully that happens soon. Yeah. And there's the history, see the the whole history with Cowboys and Buffalo. Right. You know? yeah. Four yeah. Fall, five falls of Buffalo or four falls of Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> but we yeah. were part of we were part of like two of those, so sorry guys. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully. We'll get to have a game with Dallas come to London again, and we get to have everybody come over like yourself, Meg. Yeah, and we'll go. We'll 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 go for, for all those um for a few ales and whiskeys. I will say though, Mike, I think the more likely scenario will be Dallas will be hosting in Mexico rather yeah. than come to London first. That, that that's the, that's their place. See that that's the. Yeah, because that's part of the NFL international marketing agreement. Because, yeah. yeah. um, because as you can see, like, because every team designated in the NFL have a designated kind of country type of thing, and Dallas is Mexico, yeah. so it makes perfect sense to be when it's the NFC teams hosting again. It's more likely to be either next year or two thousand twenty-six, where Dallas would host in Mexico. But on the other side of that, you will be getting me and Paul over to you guys. And it's going to yes. look like Thanksgiving. It's going to be like Thanksgiving, isn't it, Paul? Oh, yeah. So we'll have to get Meg to cook up a turkey. I can do that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Happy days. <laughs> we, I think my family is going to try to get an RV spot next year for that game. Um, this year it was just like torrential downpour, so it didn't really make too much sense. But, you know, we'll uh, have some stuff to serve up for you guys. Woo-hoo. We'll be happy to have you. And I'm excited for, um, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I am excited for the actual schedule to get released so I can start planning some because mm. those away games are Yeah, I think the good thing about the Thanksgiving game one is you know when the Thanksgiving game yeah. is going to be. So we're kind of yeah. guaranteed, at least we know when, what time of year we're going. So we're <laughs> yeah. All, yeah, we're already planning that. So yeah, guys, it's going to be a but massive international takeover for Thanksgiving next season because we've been talking about all talking to the other fan groups across the world from Canada to Germany and the guys from Spain, Spain as well. Italy. So yeah, Italy as well. So we're trying to get an overall a uh, international takeover for for Dallas. Let's we even told we we even told Derek Eagleton about it. He's quite interested. 
Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, already coming up with stuff to do for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His but mind we, never stops working. Let's be honest. Well, well, one thing I will say is we want to try and host a night while we're over there. And Jamie's come up with a good idea. So I'm going to ask you now, Meg, so everybody knows at home, how good are you at line dancing to country music? <laughs> what? Not good at all. <laughs> you are as well, Paul, by the way. Oh, no. Oh, oh yeah. No. Something like a floor oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or two or something. <laughs> 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 I, I I just I can't know I just I'm just picturing Jamie trying to line dance with a paint in the sand. Oh God! Oh, they no. do lessons at Billy Bob's and Cowboys, I think. So I think for <laughs> one, you'd be good to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight, just straight, put it. Uh, Get your boots yeah. on. We've seen Jamie try to dance, so <laughs> it's epic. <laughs> it's it's magical. Just give um, him you know, like the best that he's doing amazing. <laughs> yeah, the best way to describe it is you know, like the the scene from Friends where Phoebe's running through the park. Oh yeah. There you go. That's Jamie dancing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm sure. I'm sure it'll go great, and we'll all remember it forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Pl- plenty of uh, beer and whiskey, so don't worry about that. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> All righty, guys. We have a big game uh, Sunday night after, but also we get to watch the Eagles and the Giants first on Saturday. So, you know, tune in for that too. But until then, we have um, podcasts for you every single day, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell these guys how cute their bald heads are. Um, and <laughs> you can also read anything that Paul or not Paul, sorry, that Mike Poland has for you on bloggingtheboys.com. He always is a well of knowledge, and he's going to have that defensive article out for you today so we can compare all those guys. Um, Mike, where can everyone follow you? Uh, Either at UK Cowboys or uh, at Kenfig Cowboy with two Ks, um, or at Blogging the Boys, which is more important. Of course. Where I get to be with with, with amazing people like yourselves. (laughs) What about you, Paul? Where can everyone follow you at? Yeah, guys, you can follow me at I am P Stew on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Meg Murray with four R's on Instagram and Twitter. And we are excited to watch this game with you and uh go Cowboys. Can I get a go go Cowboys from all of you? I'm gonna say Dallas forever. There we go. Never. Yes. I'll give you a how about them cowboys? There we go. We're ready, y'all. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.